Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey Donkey Beaks, this is a lovely, super fun episode with excellent woman, comedian and writer, Suk Ochla. Uh, she suggested we both make a recipe which sort of made me off my tits on happiness before I'd even eaten it. Anyway, admin first, I'll be quick. Thanks for listening. Tell all the other idiots in your whole world about it, will you? This podcast on the internet or in your WhatsApp groups or face-to-face if you're masked up and far away. Um, You can tell other people about it brilliantly by subscribing to it and giving the podcast a five-star review. Apparently that helps spread the word. If you're already doing that, thank you a huge amount. Or if you're up for helping the podcast with actual money, you can do that too. Uh, You can give a one-off amount, like maybe a fiver or a tenner, you can go to supporter.acast.com forward slash hoovering. Or if you want to regularly support the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you can give um, something every month from as little as two quid uh, in exchange for podcast related brilliant things, including guest recipes, which this month, um, welcome to December, by the way, includes a hand-drawn recipe by the amazing Izzy Sooty. I know. Um, if you want to try Oddbox, it's a fruit and veg box that I get that um, gets wonky fruit and veg. Um, or often it's just like, often it's been rejected by a supermarket because it's massive. I mean, what's that about? Um, or uh, stuff that's surplus to supermarkets and restaurants requirements. Basically, it's just, it's basically normal, useful, brilliant, exciting fruit and veg uh, called Oddbox. And it, I think it's just for if you're in London or thereabouts. Um uh, there is a code in the in my bio on Twitter. If you make sure you're following at the Hoovering Pod, and it makes it only a few quid for your first box. Um, so do that, I reckon. I think they're amazing. Okay, so Suk and I hoovered over the Zooms um, 
from from the um, from the safety of our own homes, um, and she had us both make this recipe right. So it, it, it takes me an, a, a frustrating amount of time to to mention it in the podcast itself. It's Nigella's donut French toast. Now, I sound listener in this podcast like I'm off my actual face, out of my little box. Listening back, I had to check myself. But honestly, we were quite deep into lockdown too when this was recorded and um, I had a low start to this lockdown. And I think basically the mists had just cleared and then I'd spent the day getting more and more excited about eating this amazing food that I knew I was going to make. And then the sugar hits me pretty hard and pretty fast. But great news for everyone is that I do calm down very quickly and you will not find me as annoying as I found myself listening back to this. Um, I can't, I, even thinking about it, I start to feel giddy again. No food I've ever made for the podcast has made me this giddy. It's one of the most delicious and unshamelessly decadent things I've made for myself. Um, uh, and I have sick to thank for that forever. You'll hear me, uh, you'll hear my future wife pop in during the recording of this podcast and you'll hear the reluctance in me to share any of it with her live. Okay, I hope you like it. I really liked it. And we can still do pleasantries, but I start recording because I can't have this in front of me any longer without eating it. I'm so glad because um, I've already started mine, so thank you. Oh my fucking God. Oh my God, what a suggestion. I'm not sh- lying when I say this is the most excited I've been about eating anything for a hoovering for this year, at least. I can't remember the last time. Wow. I honestly have been so excited all day. And I am, um, oh God, right. I'm just gonna taste it and then we'll talk about yeah, what go, it is. Go, 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 Because it's, otherwise, oh God. Oh, fuck <laughs> <hell. laughs> It's so good, it's so good. I don't think mm. you can ever take this away from me. <laughs> I think you've given you've given me something really special that you can never. My girlfriend's just walked in. Have you finished your Zoom? No. Are you having a comfort break? Go and get a little plate. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there'd be no way I'd get on this to myself. Okay. Um, I'm so your reaction has made my. Day, month, possibly year. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's I. It's the sort of food that for me is like I don't really care about sweet things, but this is eggy bread. Like it's just it's oh my god! Right, so okay, I'm going to give you the top bit, and if you need more, and if you need more um, strawberry, it's in the fridge. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you can text me how it goes. Um, oh god yeah so and and Steph is like uh, really into French toast at the moment so I should say what it is uh, because people listening might be really frustrated right now yes um, yeah of course yeah it's um oh actually what's it called Nigella's called it donut bread is it donut French toast donut French toast so I followed the recipe exactly except I didn't have normal white bread I had some right. sourdough because I'm a banker. I'm a banker. Um, so other than that, I've done it to the letter. So it's eggs and you put in with that some vanilla essence, extract. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
you soak your bread in that for 10 minutes. Oh, and some milk. Uh, yes. 10 minutes soaking, never bothered with that before. Yeah, me neither. I When I looked at it today, I was like, I don't think depressed me back in 2014 was like <laughs> soaking anything for 10 minutes. No. Oh, my days. And then, um, and then you fry it in butter till it's brown on both sides, which is so, so quick. It's such a quick, quick thing. Mm. And then you roll it in sugar like a motherfucking donut. <laughs> That's what you do with it next. Then. It's so simple, but it just seems like such a step up from normal eggy bread. Oh, my God. But also, it's all about this optional strawberry sauce as well. It's just whizzed up strawberries with a little bit of icing sugar and lemon juice. And that's the one bit that I made a little bit earlier. And um, I just had a spoon of it and was like, oh, 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 yeah, I'm going to have such a nice time at four o'clock. Um, it's so good. It's so good. I've not had it in years. And honestly, it's just as good. I mean, I didn't... Um, I didn't have any caster sugar right. in the house and I didn't want to leave the house to go and get caster sugar. Mm. So I've got just normal granulated white sugar, Yeah, um, which is, it's fine. It'll probably be a bit more delicate with caster sugar. Now mm. I've just got clumps of white sugar. <laughs> but that's what you get on a donut. Like if I think of a donut, I think of like clumps. There's clumps of sugar on there. Mm. Mm. Um, oh my fucking God, it's got everything. It's comforting, but it's also like fucking exciting. Yeah. It's and so, quick. And so quick. So quick, yeah. And um you suggested this is entirely your idea, you get all the credit for this. I've never had a sweet <laughs> version of French toast in my life. It's not the sort of thing I'd ever choose out and about. I don't mm. it's brought me so much joy. I can't honestly remember the last time I ate something that's maybe this like excited all day and then just isn't it's often the anticipation's better than the thing do you know what i mean like at the yeah. weekend um i drove my son to a beach just to like blow the cobwebs off you know we're in lockdown while we're talking now and i was like just get some flat like, stomp around a beach we got in the sea up to our waist just to feel alive and then we had yeah. fish and chips on the beach which was so good but i think with fish and chip shop chips often the smell of them and the idea of them isn't quite as good as the reality whereas i feel like this has kind of lived up to how how kind of turned on I've been about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely a little bit emotional about how happy you are right now. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I, I think, I mean, it's a fucking podcast. It's a, I need to get more articulate when I'm this happy. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> it's, it's the sharpness and the sweetness and the crunchiness, but also it's, fucking lush fried bread at the end of the day yes. <laughs> and also for me i'm always like i love cookery shows and i, I love cook, cook books and i love i love food and that whole art of cooking and everything yeah. sometimes i just cannot be asked and yeah. i'm a big advocate also for making uh cooking and food really accessible to people with like different skill sets and Excellent. stuff maybe people who didn't you know grow up cooking yeah and this it's like four ingredients. It's like, yeah. I didn't have vanilla. That's fine. Yeah. Like, if you had cinnamon, you could use that. I, like, yeah. I, I love meals that you can really easily substitute different ingredients. A hundred percent. Also, when you told me about this and suggested it, 
you really gave it like it's got a story for you hasn't it this <laughs> I'll, I'll do mine and then I want to hear the because you were like I ate this every day for this during this time like and there's an emotional backstory to this meal which I think is gold dust I for me my parents never made eggy bread but we had a friend called Judy Lungmus who was like so funny and so fun and like always the really uh, of the adults like the silly drunk naughty one with a colander on her head like and she taught me how to fling a cow pat off the end of a stick and um she taught me how to eat a twix in a very ritualistic way um i remember going on a boat with her once and she just dangled she's quite posh but she just dangled over the side of it and did a poo she's that kind of like renegade badass awesome woman um and um yeah and she when we were when i was tiny would make she called it egyptian bread because it like had a hole in the middle that you'd try and put the yolk in and it was eggy bread but you'd have a yolk a soft yolk in the middle of a hole that you'd cut in that kind of hieroglyph of an eye of an eyeball like, yeah um but and i remember loving that but we only ever had it when we were with with judy um <laughs> that's my backstory of french toast What's Mine yours? is uh, slightly less joyful. Yeah. Um, although I also have a friend who did a poo off the side of a boat yes. um, in Mexico. So but I won't, <laughs> won't go into that because it's not my story to tell. Um, <laughs> but it makes me laugh every time that she was on a on a holiday of a lifetime mm. um, and ended up doing that. Anyway, yes, <laughs> I didn't. Um, <laughs> I didn't grow up grow up eating. Um, eggy bread french toast or anything like that i yeah. don't really i'm not a big one for sweet things me neither unless it's that time of the month right. or like in the week or so lead no in the week or so leading up to my period everything nothing is nothing is safe like if if if, if a child is in the street <laughs> eating a packet of crisps like there is it's in peril like yeah. there's <laughs> swipe it out of your i thought you were gonna say i'll eat the child I will eat I will the child. Eat, I will eat. <laughs> if a child smells nice enough in the middle of the street, I will eat that child. Um, no, I'm yeah, exactly the same good. in the run up to a period, like, but not necessarily sweet things actually, but just an insatiable hunger. Like it feels yeah. kind of like you're outside of your own body. There are times where it's yeah. like, the, the, I, I'm aware how much has gone in. Why does it still mm. feel empty? It's almost just like a yeah, it's like an a endless theory. void. Yeah, it's a yeah. void. I become a void. <laughs> really snappy sort of void yeah <laughs> so, um, so, so i didn't grow up eating this kind of thing my parents um uh we grew up on sundays eating um parante or parantas right um which are a stuffed flatbread mm. and you can stuff it with potatoes you can stuff it with cauliflower you can stuff it with herbs mm. you can just it can just be buttery like layers of flaky basically like almost like pastry like it's yeah. gorgeous um so that's the kind of thing that i grew up always eating. savory yeah. things in a... yes mm. yeah i mean kids sometimes for kids um people would make like sugary ones right you know for the kids, but i was never i was never a big fan of them yeah. and then i found myself being incredibly depressed in two well just don't pick a year any year but you know in 2014 <laughs> I love but it. um my my donut toast depression was 2014 
and, um, <laughs> the donut toast depression of 2014. You've said it in a way as if that's how it's going to be taught in history in schools in a, in 20 years. I like that. That's what they're going to teach. It's going to yeah. be a reformation, a donut toast, World War yeah. Three. Um, uh, so I basically I had no money. I was living in uh, a very damp little flat in uh, Croydon. Like in well almost Croydon in Norwood mm. and um, it was it was just freezing and I was really depressed and it was undiagnosed depression as well so I just thought I'm just going through a bad patch um, and I was on my own and nothing was going right like it felt like everything you know I was I turned 30 I thought I was kind of taking a risk and you know being creative and going back into doing something uh, arty and and I hadn't done stand up wasn't even you know it wasn't even in in my head it was never there like that wasn't even a thought and I just I think I googled <laughs> what can I make yeah. with bread eggs and sugar <laughs> nice nice and it was like this is what came up and I ate it every single day for about a week oh for dinner hell. Yes. And it was... <laughs> but of all the and things, like this. at a time where, you know, where you're like, I cannot fucking function. I hear you. Like, mm. I don't have it in me to create, to perform, yeah. to... And like, and yeah. I mean in life, I don't mean in work. Yeah. Actually, like, of all the things to... Like, I've been down that hole. I've lived down that hole. Still yeah. do sometimes but it doesn't end up tasting like this. With the thing that, you know what I mean? It is generally, it's like just some bread with some butter on or just yes. a slab of cheese or yeah. um, a push, some soup noodles or like, you know, but mm. this is like, oh my God. I mean, it's some high-end depression eating is my point. I mean, <laughs> there was also a time within that year that I did what you did and all I ate was crisp sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, and I wouldn't, I, I didn't, I mean, <laughs> I never had the energy to go to the shop, like to, to the proper shop, to the supermarket. Yeah. So I would go to the very overpriced little cost cutters nice. down the road and, and hate myself for spending mm. what little money I had when I could go, <laughs> you know, whatever, just across yeah. the road to the supermarket. Oh. Um, but, and I would get the, the cheapest sliced white bread mm. with, um, uh, cheese and onion crisps and just box standard cheese and onion crisps uh, a bottle of white wine and a big bottle of lemonade and I would make <laughs> crisp sandwiches and drink white wine spritzers this is it I <laughs> do you know what I think you've done I think you've done some like your depression eating is the stuff that I fantasize about in my well times I am um, um uh, at the beginning of this year I was on tour and um Amazing, lovely Amy Gledhill was doing my tour support and we had arranged mm. for, um, uh, we were in caution and we'd rented a little cottage was the simplest thing to do to stay there. And um, we both had just been talking about crisp sandwiches and saying that, you know, when you're actually, when you're adulting, sometimes you can go a really long time without a crisp sandwich. And um, yeah. as long as it's not triggering, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a pretty exciting prospect. And we were talking about how it's got to be done. It's got to be cheap white bread. It's got to be spread, yeah. not butter, but yeah. some spread. Mm -hmm. 
up to you whether you have do you, would you say yes or no to a ketchup or brown sauce involvement in a crisp sandwich yeah i don't i don't i don't deal with sauce not okay in, there's no need for that don't deal with sauce okay making and um and then you put the crisps in and then i like quite a good hard crushing to occur yeah yeah mm-hmm. um anyway we had planned to do that and then the week before um we We'd been doing a gig together and uh, we had the same agent and her, she was there, um, once one of our agents, and she said, oh, this um, company in Edinburgh gave us a bottle of champagne to us to say well done for you guys. And it's you guys who did well, so you should have this. And so we we got given this bottle of champagne, so we had crisp sandwiches and actual oh. champagne in a cottage in Corsham at yes. like midnight. Um this yeah. is one of my favourite things to do, by the way. I didn't realise until you said it. It's to, to take something that is really super fancy and then take something that is completely on the other end of the, the spectrum. There is so much joy yeah. in that. I remember finishing a, t- a telly job a couple of years ago and getting a bit pissed with the director and a couple of the other actors um, and going home and they'd given us bottles of Prosecco which was really nice or somebody had given I can't remember who it was somebody had given us bottles, bottles of Prosecco which was really nice and I remember going back to <laughs> back to my travel lodge already being a bit tipsy not being able to remember the room number to my uh, my I'd lost my room key not being able to remember the room number um and just <laughs> just burbling like just being at the front desk with this bottle of Prosecco and a KFC like <laughs> yes yes oh, I love it you talked briefly about eating growing up you your mum is very funny on your social media Um, uh, it really tickled me doing even the briefest little look at re-look over (laughs) some things this morning um but yeah talk to me more about eating growing up i don't know if you've got siblings or anything like that i don't know um what um yeah what like how did it go eating growing up was your mum part of that was there lots of cooking wasn't there um yeah, what was the situation in terms of eating growing up? Uh, so much cooking, like right. so much cooking. We we never had takeaways. I remember the first time I had a takeaway, and it was at somebody else's house, and my parents still talk about it. And were you? Where else did you grow up in a city like London, so that there was no? So I, grew, I grew up in Gravesend. Okay. So yeah, in Kent, a town in Kent. Yeah. Um, so not that far from London distance-wise, yeah. but um, atmosphere-wise. <laughs> Absolutely light years culturally. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah centuries away. Um, so my mum is, you know, what you, I guess you would call like that typical Indian mum, you know, she'll she'll cook loads of food for you. She will feed you. She's a feeder. And, and alongside that, she will give you weight loss advice. <laughs> and exa- in the same breath. In the same breath. Um, yeah. I have, um, I have, I have, I'm a quarter Austrian, um, which in that sense, and probably that sense alone, is similar in the sense that uh, my grandmother was an absolute 100% feeder who hated fat people. And, um, yeah. had, and, and the sort of family joke was that she once said to my granddad in front of everyone, you are getting so fit, have another piece of cake. It was like, what? This is so confusing. And my dad has sort of 
kept that flame alive as well. They're very confusing. Oh. Love through food, love through food, love through food. Don't yeah. look like you've eaten it. Um, <laughs> very I mean, that, hard. That is, that is essentially like, that is our unofficial like family motto. Like that is how we show love. Yeah. It's true. So food is like, it's a big thing. My mum always cooked from scratch and I never thought there was anything weird about that because all the other mums that I knew around her also cooked from scratch. Mm. And what we would do is Monday... Monday to Thursday, no, sorry, Monday to Sunday would be all week long. It would be Indian food. So dinner would always be Punjabi food. So that would be like be you know, roti, which is like flatbread. And then some sort of, because my parents are vegetarian, um, some sort of like dal or some sort of vegetable dish to go along with that. But on Fridays, we would have English food. Oh, yes. And because my mum didn't know how to cook it and had absolutely no interest in knowing how to cook it, English food was basically beige food. Yeah. So that was Friday. So on Fridays, we would have like onion rings and chips or like a veggie burger and beans and, right. and, and things like that. And our Fridays were like just the highlight, just the highlight of my week. Amazing. So it was exciting yeah. to have some oven chips. and. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, I was just talking to a friend the other day saying, God, I said, I remember watching an advert for microchips when I was a kid and just being like, oh my God, I wish I was allowed microchips. Yeah. Do you remember your first ever? I, I, we were never allowed. I mean, my parents cooked some processed stuff sometimes, but like we, it just wasn't on the shopping list, microchips. And But at my friend Hannah's house after school, microchips, they were so sweaty weren't they? That's what I really remember about them. It's like a box with like a silvery lining inside. And you'd always be so, so hungry still because there'd be about six in there. But um, you you lived for those sweaty, really glistening, thin... Oh, wow. You'd have to put so much salt on them to taste of anything. Yeah, with plasticky smell that they had... Like yeah. a weird kind of aftertaste as well. Yeah, um, they really tasted of the chemicals they'd been packaged in for a long, long time, didn't they? <laughs> but we wanted them more and more and more. The only other thing like that as well was, um, I remember, have you ever had a Chicago Town pizza, a microwavable pizza? Yes. I think even as I a kid, so I was like, excuse me, you can't microwave a pizza, you fucking wrong cocks. What are you thinking? And then you try one and they're like, ugh, yeah, boy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. My mum would um, just shove it all in at the same time, and whenever it was done, it was it was done, and that's that's kind of what you'd have. But, and then, like special occasions, she'd cook samosas or mm. you know whatever, like you know, just properly lovely deep fried kind of stuff. Mm. And um, she's carried that on, and I realised quite recently actually that a lot of the women of her generation have stopped making things like samosas and things from scratch because they're like, well, we've got takeaways and really great options. And if we've got people popping in unannounced, well, then we can just send someone out to go and get, you know, some piping hot samosas. And my mum is furious about this. Like, she, <laughs> she, <laughs> no, to her, it, it's the end times. My mum wow. has always made samosas. She'll make the pastry. She'll I eat, thought take... you were going to be like, my mum's like, these women are emancipated. Absolutely they, not. <laughs> they can have hobbies now. I'm like, absolutely not. Your mum's like, she's like, no, lazy. She's like, this is a sign of the times. And there's always, always a batch of of uh, uncooked samosas ready for deep frying in our freezer. We've got two freezers, which a lot of Indian families have. Um, uh, I, I say we've got two freezers. Our, our second freezer is in the garage, and that's the old fridge that my mum was like, we've had that for 25 years. It's now leaking every single day. Yeah. But it still works, so we're going to stick it in the garage. <laughs> and that's yeah. where she keeps, that's, that's what we call the Indian freezer. Right. Um, because that's where she keeps her like stores of minced garlic and minced ginger and um, lots of frozen herbs and things like that. In the oh house. my please! It's just, so she's minced her own garlic and ginger and frozen that. Yeah. Actually. Well, because she's you, cooks- you know just this year, I've been like, you can buy that already minced if you want. Yeah. And you. Yeah. You can. You're allowed to do that, Jess. Yeah. Um. But I now, uh, and I've made my peace with it. But I don't want you to tell your mum. <laughs> I remember the first time I bought a jar of minced garlic. I, you know, I was well, like I must have been like in my late twenties, early thirties mm. when this happened, and I was just every time I'd look at look at it, I'd get such an intense kind of stab of shame. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I still I still feel a little bit of shame about it. Yeah. Especially if you've bought it in a squeezy plastic tube, where you're like, and, oh. and I, so I, I, I sort of, I've taken from culture in one hand, and absolutely punched the anus of the planet with the other. <laughs> I've really, I'm just sort of hurting everybody left, right, centre. But, but, oh god, I mean, it's no Chicago town pizza, is it? No, exactly. It's definitely oh. the lesser of the two evils. I love it. And, and 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 if you went to school in Gravesend, then um, mm-hmm. did you have? packed lunches or did you have school dinners and what were those oh, I wish like? I was allowed school dinners I wish I was so jealous my childhood was basically me just being jealous of other children's food I was so, <laughs> so jealous you know what, Matt, you, if it makes you feel better the amount of people I've spoken to who those people I spoke to whose parents made incredible home-cooked lunches for them at school all mm. resented it yeah. Um, it's, especially if their parents went so far as to make confectionery style 
beautiful homemade cakes because all you ever wanted was the club or the penguin or the synthetic, you know. Yeah, or the sponge, like the jam sponge with the, the custard, with the yeah. skin on it. You know, that's that's, that's what you want. No, yeah. my mum would, so my mum would bless her. She would, um, and it was always brown bread. Oh God, I hated it because it was always like, well, brown bread, bread is healthier. And um, and so it would always be a cheese sandwich because I, you know, I was a vegetarian in the nineties uh, in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. And um, so it would always be uh, flora margarine and uh, so it's like a cheese sandwich and then crisps and apple um some sort of like maybe like some cherry tomatoes or like some cucumber that's or something snazzy. like that. That's pretty snazzy. I don't think I ever rocked any of those items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then a little juice box. Yeah. Um, but I would look at. Um, do you know what the one thing that I was always so jealous of was um, when it was Fish Fingers Day. Yeah. I just always wanted to try fish, fish fingers, but I felt incredibly guilty because I was raised a vegetarian and my parents are vegetarian and ah. pretty religious. And so, as a part of that, we didn't. But that was the one thing. That, and I remember writing. We had to write a poem once, um, based on food, glorious food. Right. And I was, and I remember writing about like chicken skin and <laughs> just, just mouth-watering desire to try the just being in year five, like <laughs> doing bubble writing and like writing about. Well, you still put the little circles over the eye instead of a dot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but you were writing about your deepest, most carnivorous Viking-like desires. Amazing. <laughs> And I remember my friend as a joke saying, knowing that I was vegetarian, going, oh, I'm going to tell your mum that you were writing that you really want to eat meat. And I was just <gasps> like, furious. Not a funny <laughs> joke. So presumably from the KFC comment earlier, you do eat meat now. I do. <laughs> yeah. And does your yeah. mum know? I do. No, she doesn't. I, I think she does. Um, I think she does, but we don't talk about it. I think it's okay. one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like yeah. you just we don't we don't talk about it. Um, we so I up until a month or so ago was living with them, right. um, and I've moved out and moved out temporarily. And it's really interesting because I went to cook and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a sausage sandwich um, yeah. when I kind of because I thought I've not been able to cook meat at home. I'm going to have a sausage sandwich, and I I felt physically sick having to cook meat. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but I have no issue going for a Big Mac. So there's obviously like a big disconnect there with like where food comes from and stuff. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, you do realise the meat that makes you, the, the meat that you're conscious of being meat and the meat that just happens to you. Yeah, and just looks like a patty. It's fine. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's so, that, and also I think it's fascinating how quickly you f- become physiologically adverse to things that you're not having like you just adapt like that and well I I flirted with veganism for nearly a year at the beginning of doing this podcast and I've had a heavy dismount morally from that but at the time I would be like I'd be troubled walking past a butcher so I'd be like at the sight of it but even like recently so so now I eat meat but very rarely Mm-hmm. Or if I like, basically, if I'm going somewhere very swanky and I want to try the actual tasting menu or whatever, or, but then every now and again, sometimes I'll just really fancy it, really crave it, and I will have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not very good with any absolute rules, but my partner doesn't eat meat at all. And I eat fish pretty regularly. She doesn't eat that either. And so when we're 
like together I am very happy not to have any meat and um mm. but um and yeah and so and we've been living together for a while now and um I exactly like yesterday was in a big supermarket and um was actually sort of looking for vegetarian meatballs and I've noticed they've started to put the vegetarian meat substitutes in with the meat stuff I guess so <gasps> And um, I just have had to walk down the beef and lamb aisle to oh. find the plant-based meatballs. And that's fine. I'm not at the point where I can't look at things. Like, sometimes mm. I f- feel like eating them. But the smell of raw meat, I was like, fucking oh. rank. That is... And I was with my kid and he was like, do you not like that smell? I was like, I, I think I, today I hate that smell. It smells of blood and I hate it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. but it's my body doing it. You know, I was intellectual. I'd be like, well, I... Sometimes you feel like eating that. So why is your body doing yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. Or like when you see a, a, a chicken, like a raw chicken, and you're like, mm. oh, it looks like a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's also pre- pretty disarming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about that shame business then. Have you uh, have a complicated history? Presumably if you have the a similar yeah. mixed messaging to me in childhood um, to be loved, oh, eat, yeah. eat, eat, feel love, feel love, but don't don't get fat. Um, then yeah, complicated, easy, easy times, complicated times, horrible times, great times. How's it? How's the balance of things? I don't know. Um, I stopped dieting. At, I was put on a diet when I was ten, <sighs> and I stopped dieting when I was thirty. Right. So. <laughs> I think that tells you everything. I've got a really complicated relationship with food, which obviously ties in with size and uh, self-worth and fat phobia and my own like internalized fat phobia um, and all of those things. But I think I'm only, and I think a lot of that comes from not trusting my body, not listening to my body and feeling very disassociated and very disconnected from my body. Yeah. Um, and actually, funny enough, I started weightlifting last December and I saw your show in January this year, I think it was at the Soho. One of the last things I saw, if not the last thing I saw before all this happened. Yeah. And, um, the whole time, my friend Kate, who I went with, spent the whole time looking at me going, it's what you just said in Wagamama's across the road. You just... <laughs> really? <laughs> what you're, what you're I was like, yeah, she's saying what I'm thinking. And it's actually only through moving my body that I've become connected to my body which yeah. has then had an effect on how I feel about myself and how I feel about food so now nowadays I'm very pleased to say there is minimal shame around eating and around food get in <laughs> it's um it's such a joyful freeing thing to happen mm. it's not and it, I think um I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I talk about it so much. I've got a fucking podcast about it, but it's not. Um, it's not a bumpless road. I don't think. Yeah. But also, I don't think I've heard it articulated in that way. In this, in that sense of how succinctly and how succinctly you've put your experience, and actually, um, and that experience that going well, finding that connection to your body through moving it really and through and actually um oh well it sounds like potentially as well then finding a way finding a type of moving your bod that um you like that you yeah. do that you do that you do because you find joyful not for any reason yeah. not for any change um no 
I think I think now I would say I dance with a, a knowing desire to feel stronger. Mm. Um, but that's, I think, through doing it for a while and having... It's... Uh, like, relationship with exercise, essentially, I think, in itself is a complex... A yeah. complex thing because w- what I loved about finding weightlifting was it felt like for me the first time I'd found an exercise that yes I just genuinely loved so there was no yeah. ulterior motive that wasn't going to change my and I did for, for for the first year or so if I'm honest you know and I also had a personal trainer who and I spoke about it in the show but like never quite got ahead around the fact that I didn't really want to be thin and yeah. Um, because that probably there was a bit of me that still did and I was very confused yeah. in what I was asking her for I was like I just want you to make me stronger I don't want to talk about bodies but also I don't you know don't make me bigger yeah, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't actually I mean don't don't make me mm. heavier um, mm. and, and until I'd been able to completely let go of weighing myself or you know oh. an intense regard for what I was eating and also to start with a lot of people, I started with a PT, I don't know if you did that, but to start with most yeah, of them I will did. want to know what you're eating. And it took me yeah. years to realise you're allowed to say to a PT, I don't want your involvement in that at all. Yeah. You're not yeah. and you're not gonna get a before picture from me. And yeah. I'm not interested in an after picture for you. I'm not gonna do you it's not gonna be any use to you on Instagram that you're training me, yeah. etc. You're not going to transform think, um, my body at all in a way that will be visible, probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, if I'm honest, my, my whole life I've been uh, fantasising about being a lot smaller than I am. You know, I, I've, I've kind of, you know, that's always been, my, I'm such a daydreamer. I've, you know, but even now, I mean, saying that we're like, you know, it's we found an exercise that we both enjoy and that's really lovely. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you, like you said, it's not a bumpless road. And if I'm honest with myself, I'm with you uh, and with all our lovely listeners. Um, if somebody gave me a pill and said, hey, if you take this tomorrow or every single day for the rest of your life, um, you would be a size 10 for the rest of your life. And yeah. I would be like, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Where where do I sign up? Because life is just easier when you're smaller. Of course life's fucking easier. Who the fuck wouldn't take that pill at the end of the day? Like... No, I mean, again, I think now we're in this weird situation where we're, it sometimes feels like we're sort of not being good enough feminists if we admit that. But ultimately, yeah. you can make your peace with a world that thinks you've got work to do on your body where you don't constantly think about that or don't agree mm. with that. You can make your peace mm. in that way, but it doesn't mean you're not still in that world. So if we have yes. the option of having a body that anyone is going to look at and go, oh, I'm probably healthy, um, then why would mm. you fucking take it? Yeah. yeah no thank you because i think i've been feeling a bit of shame around that i think where i've just yeah. gone well oh, but maybe maybe you haven't progressed as much but it's like i know i have because i'm not binging and then starving myself and i'm not secret eating that was another big big theme of my childhood was like secret eating yeah. and um well, obviously all tied up in shame um yeah thank you for saying that because it's obviously like i i, I kind of go yeah i'm really glad that i stopped dieting and i'm really glad and you know when i did start weightlifting it was brilliant because i sat my pt down because she and the reason I chose her was because she was in the gym and she looked so strong you know and she wasn't tiny tiny you yeah, know she yeah. wasn't like you know she was very curvy and um and I, I remember sitting her down and I said look I said um I don't want to hear anything about weight loss calorie counting summer bodies autumn bodies winter bodies before and afters transformations um 
like none of that you know macros micros i was like i don't give a shit and she was like well what do you want i said i want to get as strong as fuck almost as much joy as this food but not quite not quite i mean and, but that's not like i was sitting there going saying that really confidently like inside mm. i was still that scared fat kid going oh well yeah. she's gonna she's gonna be like oh, well but look at you and your bmi and your whatever whatever and look at the size of you yeah and she thankfully went okay great she said actually i've been looking for a client like you because she said all my uh, all the other women i train just want to get very very skinny yeah and that's she said that's so isn't it? And I love it, the way, but it's, sort of, it's almost an incredulity because it is so rare for them to hear it. But again, mm. I think with the amount of women getting into weightlifting, hopefully they'll hear it less. Because So I did a hoovering recently with an Olympic weightlifter. She's extraordinary. And wow. fundamentally, she said, if you want to get strong, eat your dinner. It's not that complicated. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, ultimately, it, it does, you know, you can have all the nutritionists and dietitians mm. in the world if you're even really high-end athlete. Ultimately, it's not... You know, make sure you're having plenty of protein and then eat all the air, everything. You need everything. You need all the things. Like, it's not... We make stuff so much more complicated for ourselves than it needs to be. But, yes, yeah, so, no, it is a rare thing for, for PTs. And I think I've gone in hardline on... on I had a male PT who said some deeply imperfect things. said lots of deeply imperfect things. But I, with him, I was like, I don't want to... You know, by that point, I think I was quite almost defensive about it and defensive about my wokeness about it. So yeah, lots of that. And I was like, I don't want to talk about calories. I don't want to talk about my weight. I don't want any comments on my body. I don't want this. I don't want that. Um, whereas this time round, um, uh, the, the, the training I've been doing most recently is with an incredible uh, woman, weightlifter, and it's cross... Like, mixture of weightlifting and some other bits and bobs called CrossFit and um, with her I think I was a lot more honest with myself but probably not the most perfect feminist and said look I don't want any advice on eating Mm -hmm. Um, I have a history with disordered eating and um, any any rules at all that you throw my way I might warp into something that I then becomes really unhelpful Um, and I don't particularly I want to get stronger and I want to get better at all the things but mm. I don't, I don't particularly, I don't care about changing my body. If my body changes, though, that's like a, it's a happy side effect. Let's yeah. be honest. Like I love yeah. feeling more def- like muscly, um, yes. and stronger and fitter. But ultimately, yeah. you know, yeah. I still am from a world where what that looks like, mm. if I'm honest, is less flabby. Yeah. So it's complicated, isn't it? And I'm just, just admitting say, that. When... I'm just admitting that out loud. No good. I'm really glad I'm, that, not... I'm really glad that we said it. I'm really glad that like we can talk about that really honestly yeah. because it's you know yeah great. I would uh, yeah there is a certain way that fitness looks or that we you know yeah. we want to look and and as much as like it's incredibly empowering to feel strong and fit and and to kind of go about your daily life going well I've got loads of energy and this is wonderful and I can. Yeah. I can lift this sofa up and it's fucking, you know, I remember when I started, you know, when, you know, when you just start lifting and you get really strong, I remember just like going around my parents' house, just like lifting the coffee table and stuff. Cause I was like, I can do it. I love it. I remember when, um, and this was way before, um, I start well, a few months before I started lifting, um, we met at uh, the Fringe. We met in yeah. Edinburgh and we did Guilty Feminist. Yes. And I remember us hugging. And this is this was my only memory, really, of that day, is hugging you and going, God, she feels so solid. 
It's such a strange compliment, but thank you. No, but it was really, and I was like, oh, she feels that's really solid. Like it was just really comforting, and you, I mean, you give great hugs thank as well. You. But I remember just being like, oh, she's yeah. I'm quite unpatronising in a hug. I'll go in quite hard, squeezy. I love it. I love a good hug. Oh, yeah, that's nice. It's funny, isn't it? I think as well, a double, a pair of lockdowns and the consequent um, dial-up in volume of unhelpful noise, not just from the usual places, but from the actual fucking government. Mm. Um, You know, this is awful to say, but on a personal level, in terms of trying to keep my head together about it like not overthinking eating um or you know trying to drown out the noise that shouts and screams you should be on a diet it's almost a you almost have a fucking hell thank god there's something else has come along but it's gonna be a priority because it's you clearly haven't got enough going on if this is where you're gonna um, aim all your noise thank you thank, and I feel sometimes I feel bad about voicing that because I'm like you know everybody deals with things differently and obviously yeah. you know we're, we're all feeling really out of control and so of course we're going to look at ourselves and go well how can I control this and we yeah. live in a fat phobic society but I'm also like if everybody's fed and no one's dead yeah like in within your little house or wherever, like you know, you're fine. Like you're fine. Yeah. And I think you know, gosh, if if you just survived this year, that's great. Totally. But also, I think the thing about making the thing about asking a nation of people, even if you just look at it from our country, if you think about asking a nation of people to stay in for a couple of months and say mm. you can at the time for two months plus, you could only go out for an hour a day on yeah. your own to exercise. Yeah. You ask people to do that it's gonna have an impact on the vast majority of people's bodies. Like Mm -hmm. it just is. You cannot Mm. move around the way that you were before, for work, Mm. for life, whatever, even parenting, like you are confined. So you come out of the flip side of that, a lot of people's bodies have changed. And so then the noise is all totally misguided, dog shit diet advice that ultimately, (sighs) even if you look at it from a fact, fat phobic point of view even if you go well look people do need the government needs an obesity strategy i've had emails from listeners who say i love your message etc but the government it really does need an obesity strategy i disagree but even if we take your that that as being uh, an indisputable fact then all the advice is all calorie counting it's all restrictive mm-hmm. dieting and nothing mm-hmm. about intuitive eating nothing about following hunger all about mm-hmm. stuff that's going to make people obsessed with food it's going to make them diet initially lose weight all that fasting programs on telly they'll lose yeah. a lot of weight very quickly and then they'll fail and then they'll feel like shit and then they'll put on more because that's what happens yeah. with diets people go on diets yes. and they end up fatter so even if you're looking at it from a point of view of an obesity strategy you still need to fuck your diets up the arse anyway yes. you then uh, the bit I'm seeing it's a very long winded way what nobody seems to realize is that if you just wait like if people didn't hate their bodies if you're not adding to people's hatred they're feeling in their bodies now they'll feel more motivated to move and get back out in the world whenever they can and once we are allowed out in the world and back to the lives that we had before we will eventually have the bodies we had before so just fucking chill out and be patient we don't need to put people on pointless short quick fix diets that are actually going to make things worse yeah, of course. And, and, and you know, people saying things like, oh, quarantine kilos or, or whatever, or yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just lockdown timber. It's like, no, stop it. 
like you're you're awful, terrible people. Um, but you're 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 right. You know, none of it's about intuitive eating. None of it's about connecting with our bodies. None of it's actually yeah. about science or nutrition. No. You know, or mental health, which you know has just yeah, and it's all connected. Yeah. And I think that's what people kind of see their bodies as being one thing, and then their mental health as something else, and then their relationships as something else. It's like no, it's all. It's all totally connected. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I mean, I, I, like you. I think I've gone a long old way with the eating. Like, I think my eating's yeah. pretty safe. I think if I didn't weigh myself or go on a diet during this year, yeah, I'm hopefully all right now for that. Yeah. but that hasn't fixed my ideas about my body. I've still got a lot no. of work and a lot of therapy to do to get that done. And it's all oh, yeah. so interconnected. So you can do one bit and then move on to this. Um, anyway, fuck, anyway. fuck the government. I think was the gist of that bit. Oh, it's been ages since I've done one of these. Not only will I've eaten something that extraordinary, but also where I've got that my rant on that hard. Oh, I love it. And do you know what? I love talking to another woman about food. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember the last time I sat down with someone and just talked really openly about food and how we feel about food and how much joy it brings us, yeah. rather than it being a... Oh, oh, I wish I could eat that. Or, uh, oh, it's so naughty, you know. And it's like, I, yeah. I can't remember the last time I had a conversation with somebody who wasn't like bending over to show me a non existent fat roll that they've got going, <laughs> oh, well, I've got no, that skin, darling. That skin. That's not, that's not fat. It's to contort your body to look like mine. Oh, God. No thanks. How do you reckon you'd get on in space if you just had to have pouches that didn't really taste of anything? Um, I think I'd struggle with lack of texture. Mm -hmm. So when I lost, so I had supposedly had COVID earlier this year, but before they had testing and stuff. So I lost my sense of taste and smell and it was more miserable than the not being able to breathe properly. Like it was the most miserable thing. I was like, all you want to do when you're sick is like have canned cream of tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwiches. Yes. It's a fact. And I can't, and I was like, well, I can't, I can't smell anything taste anything oh no oh, I'll have this because it's a little bit crunchy and it, it kind of went for like a good month oh it was, no. it was yeah it didn't come back it came back so slowly and so so like in tiny little amounts um is it back now oh yeah 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 absolutely this was back in this was back in March okay Phew, um really. yeah so but it, yeah it took a long time even even like in June July June July time was when July I think we were like training again and it was still like but yeah, it was very, very fatigued. But I think, um, I mean, I'd be in space, though. Yeah, that's cool, like, isn't that it? Would be, do you know what I mean? That would be pretty cool. However, my life does revolve around food. Yeah. Um, and I've forgotten the initial question. Is it a yes it's or no how question? how would you get on eating-wise in space? It was a big open, open question. For, for quick fire, I think what I meant by that was it didn't take me long to ask. I think if I could, I'd be all right if I had crisps. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. Any crisps. Yeah, any crisps. Also, like a nice chunky crisp. Yeah, we, we, this could be. You know, we could be doing this in the future where you've got a replicator, like in science fiction, where you could be like, "I'm ready for some cool original Doritos. Yeah. Give me, give me a bowl of them." Yeah. To to your robot that goes three D prints it.
Delicious. You know Day of the Triffids? Well, it's actually Day of the Tiffins. Giant murderous chocolate squares full of gross weird little bits of fruit and marshmallow the size of asteroids are smashing every human to death. It starts off exciting and delicious, but then the dying becomes the main thing and everyone realises it's awful. The giant Tiffins have agreed to go away, but only if you and Widley, it does have to be you, carry four dining room chairs from Columbia to Brighton. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. Your, ad, um, your award is the adulation of all people for all time for saving us from the giant Tiffins. Um, but your um, reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. And it's a fantasy feast, so nothing here has to be possible. Ethical, healthy, can give a fuck about any of that. Um, it's just what you would have. It's like the anti-last meal. So you are the happiest, the highest, but the hungriest you can ever imagine being. Ooh. What would be your dream thing slash to eat, drink? And if there's a who with and where, who with and where? Firstly, can I just say, giant murderous tiffins made me feel a bit hungry. Great. Secondly... I, I that's also made me really want to lift weights having to carry chairs for like a long amount of time I'm like that's a great resistance exercise with yeah, cardio yeah. and everything that's brilliant um that makes us really maybe want to get up and do some squats um <laughs> <laughs> right okay firstly I don't want anyone at the feast which yeah. sounds horrible but I don't I just want it to be me um um, I don't want it televised or anything. I don't know if no, that's an no, option. No, 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 no. It's like I don't. I just want it to be me um, in some some stretchy clothes, as, as if there are any other um, some stretchy clothes. And I, and I want a beige buffet. Nice. So I want to go to. I want from Greg's. I would like a cheese and onion, but I want two cheese and onion bakes. Yeah. No, sorry, one cheese and onion bake and one sausage bean and cheese. Right. I want mm-hmm. cauliflower cheese grills like you used to be able to get from Iceland. Um, yes. Yeah. I want uh, oven chips, not frites or chunky triple cooked ones. Basically want kiddie food. I want yeah. beans. I want onion rings. I want some... You have Friday white... night English food, you are. Food, yeah. Food, 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 food. yeah, that's what I want. I want you Friday are. night English food. That's what I want. And um, white bread, cheap white bread uh, with spread, not butter. Um, so I can make an onion ring body. Oh, yes. Uh, and ketchup and mayo would be my condiments of choice. Um, I wouldn't say Diet Coke, but I think that might fill me up too quickly, so I'm going to go with a Ribena to wash it all down with. Very, just just original blackcurrant? Yeah, just yeah. standard blackcurrant, yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely lovely. <laughs> um, there we go. Thank <laughs> you so much for doing this. Thank you. You're awesome. This is so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, I've loved it so much. Thank you. You're my. I try and interact with a human once a day because I'm, yeah. I'm again living living on my own because I'm writing a book, and um, you're my one human interaction for today. Oh, so, I've really you. loved it. Thank you. Mm, yummy. 
I'm in my time. What an amazing guest Sook is. Make sure you're following her on social media. She's Sook Ojla. It's S-U-K-H-O-J-L-A. Straightforward, just that on the Twitters. Her 2021 tour uh, of her show that smashed Edinburgh last year called Life Sooks is on sale now. Her website is sookojla.com. S-U-K-H-O-J-L-A.com. And her novel, her blooming novel, no less, is out next September. Keep an eye out for it. It's called Sunny, as in Sunny Day. Want to try Oddbox? You can get a tenner off your first box using a link in my podcast notes or in my bio on Twitter, at the Hoovering Pod. Um, it makes it only a few quid, so go for that, I reckon. Feel free to support the podcast uh, with money, either on ACAS Supporter or on Patreon. Links to those are in the podcast notes, along with links to anything else that Suk and I mentioned during the recording of the podcast. Follow me on social media as well as the podcast. I'm at... I mean, am I? I'm at Jessica Foster Q. Um, anything longer than a tweet, you can email me through my website, jessicafosterq.com. And that's where my 2021 tour dates are as well. Uh, also, I've added a sprinkling of live socially distanced shows in for December that I'd love to see you at. I am for once updating the my doings bit of my website regularly because of the nature of how quickly gigs are popping up and all vanishing at the moment. So keep an eye on there. Things are getting booked quite last minute for obvious reasons at the moment. Uh, and there's every chance it might be possible to come to a gig, um, not even just in London, um, but somewhere in December or January this year. And then hopefully, hopefully we've got a vaccine and we can do normal big full gigs. Um, okay. Huge thanks to ACAS for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.